for most women, you don't have an orgasm through penetration alone, right? Cervical and G-spot orgasms are beautiful. We all have the ability to have them, but without clitoral stimulation, it's very rare. It's like 80, 85% of women have to have clitoral stimulation in order to have an orgasm. So even if you start with the 15, 20 minutes of foreplay, you have a lot of clitoral play, and then you go into penetration, or you position yourself so that your clitoris rubs on him or her while you're having sex, right? Whatever that looks like. It's this, it's this piece where it's truly that there's different parts of you that you need to explore to unlock your own desire and your own pleasure centers and realize like you're normal. It's not going to look like the porn does. It's going to look like your relationship and your sex life does and allowing yourself to feel like release in that, allowing yourself to feel like, Oh God, I'm so relieved. Like I'm normal. That's the first step. Welcome to the live your fuck yes life podcast, your place for all things, health, wellness, self-care and real talk. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, health coach, actor, and badass extraordinaire. Each week I'll bring you a guest or a thought with some serious real talk to help you find your passion, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, 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 you guys. Welcome to episode 56 of the podcast. Oh, today I have the most incredible guest and the most incredible topic for you guys, as you can see. But before I dive in, I have a motherfucking magical announcement. So, As you guys know, the past year and a half has been a whirlwind journey for me, Um, finding out that I had the BRCA gene and, you know, spending all of last year prepping for my preventative double mastectomy and all of that good stuff. If you're new to the podcast, go make sure that you um, listen to some older episodes so you get the the 411 on that. But I am officially announcing, and I'm so excited, um, that as of freaking yesterday, Um, I have launched a online membership program called the booby BFF membership, and it is a space online for women who are breasties, women who are somebody who has the BRCA gene or gearing up or recovering from a double mastectomy, anyone who's been affected by breast cancer in any way. It's just, I have heard time and time again from women that are part of this community that there isn't really a space um, for us to, you know, get up-to-date information from experts, have positive mindset work to navigate the mess of surgery, diagnosis, anxiety, et cetera, Um, you know, have true community and daily conversations with how to handle this bumpy AF journey. And I know personally, I was struggling hard with that and I want to create a space for all of you to be able to navigate that and um, provide the mindset work and also get amazing guest experts um, about topics relating to BRCA surgery, post-op care, and beyond. Have a Facebook community where we can have intimate uh, private private conversations um, about all sorts of stuff, weekly challenges, um, you know, sneak peeks of what reconstruction is actually like for women in your demographic. Mindset coaching with me where I'll host classes to help build you build positive coping mechanisms to help Help navigate the mass and reduce the anxiety and overwhelm your feeling. We'll have monthly coffee chats where we can get to 
you know, get together online live and get to know each other, fellow breasty babes, and just have really incredible conversations and ask questions and share what's been working for us, um, as well as monthly journaling prompts um, and a whole bunch of support PDFs and exclusive members only discounts for all of my fitness um, accountability and one-on-one work and beyond. So I am so freaking excited. Um, If you go to www.amandacatherineloy.com forward slash booby BFF. Um, it is all there for you. And um, I will po- also post that link in the show notes. So go check that out. I am so freaking excited. And yeah, let's get into today's episode. So today on the podcast, I have Olivia Celine, who is a sex and success coach. Wow, that's like a tongue twister. Sex and success coach. Um, and she is amazing. You guys, we have some very, very open and just like real conversations about orgasms, about, you know, talking about what you want in the bedroom, all things sex. It's amazing. Um, And she has really, really like, I think one of the powerhouses in leading women to sexual liberation so they can have vibrant, intimate relationships and steamy sex lives. And I don't know about you, but can I get a hell yes to that? Like it sounds amazing. So um, she works individually and does group programs. And she believes um, that by turning yourself on and harnessing your sexual energy, she will guide you intimately to know your power and walk alongside of you to your self-discovery. She'll show you that you have the power all along, the power not only to love, know, trust, and feel confidently about yourself, but to change the trajectory of your relationship, your business, your life, and the lives of all of those you come in contact with to being confident there too. Things we discuss in today's episode, why the fuck sex is such a stigma to talk about in our world talk about faking orgasms and how normal that is. Um, We talk about ways to actually improve your sex life and best ways to bring true pleasure into your bedroom. Um, Something called the five erotic blueprints, which is hella fucking fascinating and her take on conscious monogamy and what that means to her um, because it's something she's really talked about a bunch. Our conversation is fucking incredible and I can't wait for you guys to listen. So before you know, I talk your face off. Let's just dive right in. And here we go. Hey, Olivia, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's gonna be so much fun. I'm do so you even, do not even record on zoom. Are you fancy and have software? Over oh, there? I'm fancy AF. <laughs> what is happening? I'm like, there's no button, but she must just be like it's a so level funny. above. I've in the had podcast so many people say that to me in the last couple of recordings and I hadn't had nobody say that before. Yeah, oh, I just, funny. I have like a backup and an extra, I'm just, yeah, I'm a crazy Oh woman. my gosh. Yeah. Amanda's not fucking around. I'm not She's fucking around. Play. Yeah. <laughs> right. but yeah. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so pumped to have you. Um, You guys, we're going deep today and talking all things sex. So like, if you guys have kids in the car, put their earmuffs on and most of you don't have kids anyway, so you're good. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, we're deep diving and I can't wait to just like rip the bandaid off this topic because... I've never really, we've never really fully talked about it on the podcast before. And I'm like, why the fuck not? Like, this is something yeah. we all are experiencing, or I hope so, like, or, or are going to experience at some point in our life. Yeah. Um, and yet it's something that is never fucking talked about. Um, mm-hmm. So I am excited. So, okay, just to get started, like, obviously, I know you've had a big trajectory in your business, but like, what the fuck brought you to wanting to talk about this more intentionally and like run groups on this? Like, it's such a specific niche that most people aren't, you know, courageous enough to dive into. So like what brought you here in the first place? 
Yeah, great question. So first of all, everyone, hi, I'm sick. So I apologize for my like manly scratchy throat a little bit. I'm kind of hoping it's sexy. Yeah, you know, like just pull out the smelly cat, like sexy. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This reminds me of Tyra Banks when she said way back when, when you wake up in the morning, you've got that morning voice. That's when you're supposed to record your like voicemail or whatever. Oh, yeah, she said that back. I love that. <laughs> 15 years ago. So hi, everyone. Yes. Okay, so great question, Amanda. I got into the sex coaching because I saw exactly what you said. It's such a need. And I went through a really like long journey with my own sexuality over the years. So to kind of give a backstory, I grew up in a very, very, very religious household. It wasn't bad. Um, I love my parents. They're incredible. We have a great relationship, but I grew up with a lot of shame around my body, shame around sex, shame around sexuality. Like it was very taboo. It was off limits. It was Mm. once you're, you know, once you're married, then you go from being a virgin to having sex and you're just supposed to figure it out from there. Mm. And it's just supposed to be in the missionary position and like your husband (laughs) needs to get off and then you're good. Right. Right. Like very, very like black and white of like, no, you cannot talk about sex right now. And then once you're married, you can talk about it, but just with your husband and it's very hush hush and it's for him. It's not for you. And so over the years, like I found myself feeling very lost. Like I felt very lost around my body, around my own sexuality. I felt so much shame around it. And so for me, I got into entrepreneurship almost five years ago and started coaching online. I started in the health industry, um, got myself healthy, was like, oh my God, I have to share this with other people, started sharing it with other people, mm-hmm. naturally transitioned into life coaching because of course health is so much more than that. Mm-hmm. That's what people needed. That's where I saw the need. Um, then I transitioned into business coaching because that's what everyone was coming to me for organically. They were like, oh my gosh, how did you make money? How did you build a business? And so I started business coaching, but I saw this really big disconnect still in in the success I was creating and how I felt about my body, mm. how I felt about my sexuality and how I was showing up in the bedroom. So I personally put sex off forever and I was like, we're going to put it on my to-do list, like maybe once a week. And like, just cause, oh shit, we haven't had sex in a few days. We probably, probably should, should. Yeah. check it off my to-do list. Yeah. He's good. Okay, cool. Moving on to the mm. next thing. And I was blocking myself off from receiving in the bedroom, which means I was blocking myself off from receiving in business. Um, I was shamed in my own body. I didn't want to be seen physically. So, of Mm. course, I didn't want to be seen online. Like there was all of these correlations and I felt so alone in it. All I saw online was hustle. You're not trying hard enough. You're not doing enough. You're not in enough social media outlets. You know, your message isn't clear enough. The sign outside your door isn't perfect enough. Like all of these things was preaching, they were preaching, I wasn't enough. Mm. And I just kept kept feeling like I was in in this hamster wheel spinning really fast. And then I saw my coach now who I've had for over a year, um, Aislinn, and I saw her embodying this like very magical goddess, like feminine energy. And I was like, I want that. (laughs) And I started talking to her and I realized like I didn't have to do the masculine hustle game anymore. And I could slow down and I could have better sex and I could figure out who I was as a woman, not just as a business owner, but really identify who I am as a woman, who I am as a sexual being. Mm. And as I started to do a lot of healing around all that shame and old stories around it, I was like, oh my God, this is the missing link. This is what women need. And even the women who are seeing all this success in business, I was like, there's a missing piece if they feel shame around their body or their sexuality, or if they're not having having sex with their partner. So naturally it organically kind of grew from there. 
And I was like, okay, dropping the business coaching shit. There's enough people doing that. Cool. I have to talk more about sex and sexuality. Like that is where my passion lies. Mm. So there's my really long like, whole life story of how I ended <laughs> up here today. <laughs> no, I love it. I It's so interesting because I think that most people really do see it as a check off the to-do list thing. I know I was in a period for a while where that was totally on my, it was yeah. like, all right, let's like, you know, let's schedule this shit. Like make sure like we do this after date night. And you know, not yeah. that it wasn't like a bad thing. Obviously it was very amazing where at least for me it was, but mm-hmm. like I, in the same vein, it was, it was also like, okay, yeah. How can I, how can I schedule this? And this isn't like time for connect, you know, it just wasn't, it wasn't intentional or at least Mm -hmm. it wasn't intentional in the way that I wanted it to be. Um, and I think that, you know, I think that there's this, yeah, there's a lot of shame around sex, Mm -hmm. especially if you've grown up in any conservative upbringing, I was lucky enough to not, but I, I don't know that I ever had shame around sex, but I just didn't know about it. Like I was never taught about how to communicate openly with my partner around what I need. I was never taught about, you know, like how to get off, you know, <laughs> just like really right. like how my body worked and like that yeah. masturbation was okay and yeah. that it should be something that you like show up for all the time. And, yeah. um, you know, that just wasn't part of my upbringing process. Well, and- think about it. We learned about sex in the way of like some people had sex ed. I skipped sex ed cause I skipped from fourth grade. I skipped fifth grade. I went into sixth grade. And so sure. I swear I missed that, but I had no idea when I first got my period, I thought I was pooping from the front. Like Literally. I didn't know yeah. that there's shit that happens. <laughs> in my body as a female and I remember like going to my mom crying and I then I remember even having sex for the first time and being like I don't know what I'm doing like yeah. am I gonna die am I gonna get an STD and die like yeah. am I gonna get pregnant and die <laughs> like that's all we ever saw yeah. in the media even it was just bad and it was taboo and then we feel very isolated even though hello like you said we're all hopefully having sex. So why aren't we opening up and and normalizing the conversation Mm -hmm. around it so that even future generations don't have to grow up with the same shit that we had to, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, it's a healing thing for all of us. And it's so necessary. I just, I felt so alone of like, Mm -hmm. I I remember the first time I even got like a yeast infection. I was like, Oh my God, who am I going to talk to about this? Yeah, exactly. Totally. Right. Yeah. I think it's so interesting because I mean, I did have sex ed. It was one year part of gym class and all it really was, was uh, learning about like how you will conceive, like basically like what happens to your body, you're going to get pregnant. And that's what a woman's body does. And I was like, so if I have sex, I'm going to get pregnant. And so like sex became this fear almost, you know? And I mean, like I took every fucking precaution, which, you know, practicing safe sex is huge. I'm such a proponent of that, obviously. Um, but you know, I was like on the pill and the condom and I was like, you know, it was like, how could we like, you know, make this whatever, you know, as like, I don't, I just, I, it, to me, it was never about pleasure first and foremost. And you're never taught that that's what it should be about. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really big disservice. I mean, even the media, like, mm-hmm. I mean, you watch the way that like porn, whatever you watch the way that like it's portrayed and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's a five minute guys get off. And it's like, that's, yeah. you know, maybe that works for some women, but like most of us need a little more than five minutes to well, get the it's juices like the average flowing. is like 15 to 20 minutes of foreplay for a woman to be fully ready. And we all think there's something wrong with us when it's not like, the movies and it's yes. not like porn and so you're like okay wait why am I not wet enough oh it must be because I'm not a, you know I'm not aroused enough when yeah. really it has nothing to even really do with that like even in our different parts of our cycle there's mm-hmm. times where we're just more dry than not mm-hmm. and so you just start to feel a lot of shame and what I see with a lot of women and myself included was that 
I'm broken. Something's wrong with me. I'm not normal and I'm not like the other girls. And so I'm just going to like go into this cocoon about it. And I can't tell you how many women I talk to every day that they can't even, they're not even comfortable enough talking to their spouse about it or Mm. their partner about it when that's the person we should be able to go to and have these intimate conversations. But there's so much heaviness and taboo around it that instead we just silently suffer. So that's why I was like, no, rising up, like we've got to freaking change this because this is Mm -hmm. not okay. And it doesn't have to be this way. We're all going through it. Mm -hmm. Like we can all link arms and we can be like, wow, this is really weird. Like, oh my God, there's discharge in my underwear. That's weird. Does that happen to anybody else? Like, why aren't these normal conversations? 100%. No, I so, okay. So I feel like, uh, and maybe you're listening, you're like, whoa, whoa. Like, I have never she talked about this. She just said discharge. Yeah, she just said discharge. Um, but I remember, I mean, I have conversations with this with some of my girlfriends now because I've gotten to the point where I'm like, fuck this. Like, I'm talking about this because wow. I went, I mean, I went off the, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I went off the pill um, like a, a year ago and wow. my body's like having its cycle for the first time and it's like, wow. what the fuck is happening? Like, this is super yeah. mucusy and it's like, it, it's so different. And like, <laughs> I've sent like messages to my friends being like, does this what your vagina like produces? <laughs> like, <is this laughs> yeah, right. well, like looking at it in a mirror, like does yours wrinkle like this? Yeah. Like what's happening? <laughs> is it supposed to look like that? But I just think that like having, being able to have those conversations is so huge. But if you've been so accustomed to not doing it with your friends and especially with your partner, it's like, I think the big question is like, how do you even start that process? So I know that that was something that you've personally been through and something you teach. So mm-hmm. like if someone's listening to this and they're like, ah, like sex for me is not a good time most of the time. Mm-hmm. And it is like a, just get, get it done thing. And I've never felt really safe or comfortable to talk about it. Cause I don't even know how to, or where to start. Like, where would you suggest they even begin? Yeah. Where to begin having the conversation. So maybe at first it's just even in your journal or it's just even with yourself. I know that for me, like I had never even, I had never even looked at my pussy ever. I had not, I was like so grossed out by it. And it was just this thing that had to be there. And because I didn't know about it, because I wasn't like, didn't have a relationship with it. I was just, I avoided it at all costs. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, going to talk to my partner about it or trying different things in the bedroom was so foreign because I didn't even have a personal relationship with it. So I would definitely suggest if you're someone who's like, I don't even feel safe about it. I don't, I feel weird around it. I feel like so much like I could throw up right now. Maybe you just start with yourself, right? Journal about it look at it in the mirror, tell it you're sorry for all the years you've ignored it. Even just like on the outside of your pants, like hold it and just like feel like love literally being, being wrapped in this love and grace frequency of like, it's okay. I'm safe here. I'm okay here. Um, you know, going into even a self-pleasure practice, it doesn't have to be going and finger banging yourself. I know that that's what we see in porn. That's what we see people joking about on the internet. It can be a self-pleasure is such a beautiful spiritual like deep connection intimate experience with yourself and so for me even I was so weirded out by my own body that I just even started with feeling my skin like getting out of the bath Mm -hmm. and like massaging oils into my skin making it this very sensual safe practice until I felt comfortable using a yoni wand or a yoni egg or you know you could even start with a vibrator although I don't recommend that every time because you will desensitize Mm -hmm. so make sure you're getting in touch with your own body, even just yourself. But from there, when you're ready, whatever those tips will help you, whichever one you want to use or all of them, then I want you to go to your partner and I want you to start it with literally saying, 
I feel really uncomfortable right now. This makes me want to vomit. However, I know we're in this together and I want to be very open with you. And here's how I'm feeling. And here's the journey that I'm on. You know, Mm -hmm. I heard this girl on this podcast. She seems like she knows what she's talking about. You know, her and Amanda are talking about all these really intimate topics and I want to feel safe around it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe sharing with him what you're expecting from them. Maybe you just want them to be able to talk with you, uh, you know, with it, or you want them to just listen to you or hold you while you work through some of it, whatever it is for you having that conversation. But I just am all about open, honest transparency Mm -hmm. of like, this is really awkward for me. Mm -hmm. I feel super uncomfortable, but you're my person and I'm going to open up to you about it. I'm going to ask for your support in it. And for me, once I did that, then Joe was like, oh my gosh, of course. Hell yeah. Like, what do you need? Like, what should we do? Mm -hmm. Of course he wanted to try to fix it. So it was me just saying like, I just need you to listen to me or can we try these things? Or I'm going to, you know, start being more with myself. And then I want to bring that into our relationship, whatever that looks like, but open, honest communication Mm -hmm. always wins. Yeah. I could not agree more. I, I think so. I think, and I think just acknowledging that like you're in a vulnerable place is, is, an indicator and an invitation for them to be vulnerable too. And I know that can be really scary, especially if your partner is a, is a man. A lot of the time I think vulnerability is rare when it comes to that. They just aren't not not used to practicing that as much as women. But Mm -hmm. I think even a lot of you guys listening, like don't practice vulnerability all the time. And, And speaking about something like this, it is the ultimate vulnerable space to live in. But when you think about what that, the courage that that would take, and then also what you'll get on the other side of it, if you actually show up, it's yeah. such a game changer. And being able to fully, you know, harness your sexual power is like fucking badass when you get so there. good. And that's just it is like, you're, yes, I know a lot of women say, well, I don't want to hurt his feelings, right? Like mm-hmm. I had a client who she had been faking orgasms for like 20 years. And she was like, I've just, yeah. I don't, how do I tell him that? I was like, well, you preface it, you go into it with love and grace and you go into it, not when he's staring at his phone or not when the kids are running around screaming in it's bedtime or not in the middle of sex, but have this, maybe it's date night or you guys are face to face and you can look at each other and you can say like, my heart hurts. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so sorry, you know, but I didn't know any better. And now I do. And now I want to shift it and I'm working to shift it. And I'm asking for your support in that. And yes, his feelings might be hurt for a second. Joe has to tell me things sometimes, like when he had to tell me that he hated hated it when I bite him. And it hurt for me for a second because I was like, oh God, like now I'm embarrassed. But then I was like, wait, I'm an adult. It's okay. Like Mm -hmm. we're going to make it through this. And yeah, there might be a sting there, but it's more of a sting if it keeps going and you know better, but you Mm -hmm. don't do better. Mm -hmm. And that's just it. You know, sex can be this beautiful experience but so many of us especially as women feel like we have to perform Mm. so we think that an orgasm or we think that you know sex should look a certain way or we should be a certain way or we should sound a certain way Mm -hmm. and you're taking away the vulnerability and the authenticity and the intimacy of the moment and you're missing out on the like you know, magnitude of pleasure that's available for you there. And your partner wants to see you be the most pleasured woman on the planet, right? And you want him to be the most pleasured man. Well, then that requires vulnerability. And that requires honesty of saying like, shit, I don't even know if I've ever had an orgasm. Mm -hmm. Fuck, what does this mean? And then it's being and having the courage to, to explore that with them or even by yourself and then bring it to them and have these deep conversations because as you go deeper, that's where 
literally too, I guess, you know, <laughs> intended. Yeah. but as you go into these deeper layers, that's where like that home and that mm. peace feeling come into the relationship of like, I do feel at home here. I feel like I, I don't have to filter myself or be a certain way. I just get to be me and you'll love each other even greater on the other side, even if the conversation hurts at first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How many women do you work with? Would you say have expressed to you that they have faked an orgasm? Uh, every single one. Yeah, I was going to say, I, like, I if faked you're... an orgasm, are you crazy? Oh, me too. I'm like, totally. I'm. I would be surprised if anyone listening has not done that. You're lying if you say you haven't. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Yeah, well, and it's and it's so interesting to think about, like, if I put myself back into that woman who wasn't not that long ago, you know, it's like, why did I feel that need? You know, and I think sometimes when you're not connected to what you want or you feel like it's like a check off the, you know, a box check, you're kind of like, okay, I'm tired. Like, let's just get this done with, or, you know, you know, and he's not going to feel like we're done until I've come. So I'm going to just pretend or whatever that reason is. And it's like, why does it always have to end in an orgasm? It doesn't. That's the beauty. Yeah. That's that's the freedom. But I think that's, what's so interesting. And I also in inverse, like I know I've always felt that like sex had to be him finishing. 100% or you You think you failed and you go into a shame spiral of like I'm not enough I'm not attracted to me anymore and he's like shut the fuck up I am I just had too much whiskey with dinner (laughs) (laughs) but then it's the same thing for them is if we don't quote unquote finish right then they're going oh I failed Mm -hmm. I didn't perform or I didn't do a good enough job where really take the expectation out of sex of yes, an orgasm is beautiful, but an orgasm can be like the pleasure that you experience and receive through the entire experience. It doesn't always have to be, oh my God, I need to get rid of this excess energy. So therefore I must finish Mm. and I must come. And if I don't, then what was the point? What if the point was the intimate connection you had, the release that you had throughout, the deep spiritual connection that you had, the pleasure that Mm. you felt, the being able to tune out the world and just focus in on the presence, like the goddess feminine energy that's flowing through your body. It doesn't just have to be, oh, sex equals coming. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful piece. Yes. And I'm not shaming that by any means. Like go for that, have that, have that epic experience, but also take the expectation and the goal Mm -hmm. out of sex. And nine times out of 10, you're actually going to find that you want sex and you look forward to it more because there's not the pressure of having to perform. Yeah. That's so interesting. Cause I, I know I've spoken to a lot of my girlfriends and a lot of them who have trouble having orgasms it's because they and they say this to me like I'm in I'm so in my head right it's like I'm just so trying to come and so trying to finish and then it's like oh I can't get there Mm -hmm. and then it's frustrating and then you feel like you're not enough your partner's not enough and you both end like the experience feeling disconnected instead of more connected Mm -hmm. which is exactly not the intention (laughs) totally because then you go to bed feeling bad you know he he rolls over he's finished he's good and you're like he thinks you're good Mm -hmm. but really you're harboring this like shame of yourself like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just faked that. And then you go into this whole thing and that doesn't feel good. Nobody wants that. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want that for you mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. getting into like orgasms proper, like I know a lot of women who's, who've claimed they've never had an orgasm. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. why do you think this is the case? And like, how do we learn to learn about our bodies so that we can like, mm-hmm. fa- I, I don't, I don't want to say facilitate because that sounds so fucking like sterile, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> 
know, like in the doctor's office, like, like we're at the gynecologist teach me about orgasms, right. I guess is what I'm trying yeah. to say. So, <laughs> so the beautiful thing is, is it's really sex is a lot like business where it's not just like, here's your 10 step strategy. And it's a one size fits all. And here you go. Like mm-hmm. business is not like that. Sex is not like that. Relationships are not like that. So where I start with my clients who tell me that of like, I'm not really sure if I've ever had an orgasm or I don't really know how to, or I've been faking it for years. And now I'm like, I don't know how to do anything different. The first step is really going to be the safety and the energetic container that you're setting up to even have an orgasm. If you don't feel safe or if you don't feel like you're at home in your own body, you're not going to be able to have an orgasm because you're going to be in your head. You're going to be trying to perform. It's going to be for somebody else. It's going to be because this is the, you know, tap, you know, this is the normal. I need to have one. It needs to look like Mm -hmm. this. So the first step really that I work with all of my clients in is the healing process. Like what is stopping you? What are these layers of this onion or if you think of like your orgasms in the middle of the onion, it's at the core because we all have the ability to have every type of orgasm, multiple orgasms. We all can squirt across the room like there's we all have so much power. But what happens is over time, we build this like protective layer around the ability to na- our body to naturally do that. The mm-hmm. truth is, when we stop trying, your body actually can naturally get you there. Your body knows exactly what to do. It's like giving birth. We, we put all of this pressure on. I need all of these things. It needs to be this perfect plan and I need Mm. to do X, Y, Z. And it's like a strategy where really like your body, I'm not judging that by any means, but your body knows what to do. We've been having babies for millennia, Mm. right? Like same Mm -hmm. thing with having sex. We've been having sex forever. But in this society, something has gone around like these layers of this onion where it's blocking you from getting there. Now, I don't like the word block because it sounds very intense, but it's more just like these layers or this iceberg that you kind of have to melt around the outside of it to get to the core Mm. of who you are as an orgasmic sexual being. So what are the stories, right? Um, How did you grow up around sex? What were the stories that were told to you? What was modeled for you? Um, You know, what were your first experiences around sex? Was it the media? Was it sex ed? Was it church? You know, was there a lot of shame and taboo there? What was like your thought process around sex from day one, Mm -hmm. from the very beginning? Because that's a huge part that we have to go back and heal. Um, You know, was there any kind of trauma or any kind of experience, any kind of hurt that you went through that maybe you've buried or you've avoided or you've ignored that needs to come up for healing? If you had anything, like I even had a client where she had an IUD and there was one time where her partner during penetration hit it somehow. And it sent her into this like fetal position, like the most intense pain she's ever felt. She's like, I couldn't walk. My back was killing me. It was so traumatic that she still to this day, like we're working on healing that fear that she has around it to fully release and surrender in order to have an orgasm Mm. because her body went into survival and shut down this very natural part of what it wants to do, but it doesn't feel safe to do that. Mm. And so any kind of trauma, childbirth is trauma on our bodies. Um, any kind of sexual trauma, any kind of abuse, any kind of previous relationships, any time that maybe there was a certain position that hurt you, right? Maybe there's scar tissue, like there's so many pieces 
that we have to uncover. How are your hormones? Are you on the pill? Are you not? Like, Mm -hmm. what is this whole story of you as an individual? Because sex is so individual for each of us that we have to heal and work through in order to even get you to the part of like, okay, now we're going to go into self-pleasure. Now you're going to bring yourself there, right? It's like these different layers that we have to uncover before Mm -hmm. we can even go there. And that's nine times out of 10 what's happening is that women's bodies even maybe your mind feels safe but your body doesn't feel safe to release and surrender which is needed you need to be not in your head but in your body in order to have an orgasm so if you're in your head or if there's old fear or old stories you're not going to be able to get there no matter what strategy Mm. you try no it's so true I think and I think that that's like no one thinks to start there right I think most people are like all right yeah so this is like how can I you know p to v fix this (laughs) or well, whatever. Well, that's it. We look at Cosmo, you know, right. we're like, okay, here's a diagram. Let's yes. try the diagram. And then we're pissed off when the diagram doesn't work. Right. The diagram will work, but there's other pieces that have to come into play Before. first. Yeah. It's like, let's yeah. buy these dice. They're going to change the game. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, nah, girl. I mean, they can be fun, but I think, yeah. I think, I mean, and that's so true with any kind of coaching, right? Like, It all starts from within. And when we can break free of all of the limiting beliefs, all of the fears, all of the things that are holding us back, like we can fully show up in our potent power. And I think that is like such an incredible way to start, especially with dealing with your sexuality, because you're fully embodied in that experience. Or you should, you know, if you're showing up as yourself, like you're going to be body, mind and soul like there. And so if you're holding back in any capacity, of course, you that's where you start. Um, And I just think that that's really, really, I don't know, really amazing to consider because I think probably most of you guys listening were like oh I didn't I've never even thought about that before right that has to come first and then you can go into okay get to know your body right go take a mirror literally start looking at your own anatomy because we all look different we all have the same parts but they're laid out differently and as long as there's no pain or like itchiness or anything like you're healthy your Mm -hmm. pussy is healthy even if you don't think it looks right quote unquote yeah it's normal. You're good. We all look different, but start to even know your body, start to feel yourself, start to explore what feels good for you because it's going to be different for all of us. Mm. We all are uniquely wired to, you know, our strategy, our personal blueprint, our personal codes that we unlock in order to have an orgasm will look different for all of us. Mm. And that's the other piece is that for most women, until you go deep, deep, deep into this work, for most women, you don't have an orgasm through penetration alone, right? Cervical and G-spot orgasms are beautiful. We all have the ability to have them, but without clitoral stimulation, it's very rare. It's like 80, 85% of women have to have clitoral stimulation in order to have an orgasm. Mm -hmm. So even if you start with the 15, 20 minutes of foreplay. You have a lot of clitoral play and then you go into penetration or you position yourself so that your clitoris rubs on him or her while you're having sex, right? Whatever that looks like. It's this, it's this piece where it's truly that there's different parts of you that you need to explore Mm -hmm. to unlock your own desire and your own pleasure centers and realize like you're normal. It's Mm. not going to look like the porn does. (laughs) It's going to look like your relationship and your sex life does and allowing yourself to feel like release in that, allowing yourself to feel like, Oh God, I'm so relieved. Like I'm normal. That's the first step. You know? Is it is it true that the G spot is really just a myth and that like it's really an extension of your like clit and that it's like a bigger muscle? Is that true? 
Um, from what I understand, it's a real thing. Oh, crazy. Yeah. I've been like, and and you can look at like diagrams and things and you can like play around with it. And like, there's certain like Yoni ones, for example, that have this specific structure in order to get there. Cause it's just a very hard to reach thing. It's Mm. a very, it's like elusive because most people are like, like Oh, like it's like this, you know, freaking the Loch Ness monster or whatever. Like, Oh my God, is it real? Is it a real thing? Um, and that's just it. So it's really starting to explore your own body and different positions and different things or, you know, like having, um, like being able to squirt and everything, like they're just things you can start to explore. But if, until you feel safe to, the exploring is just going to feel like you're laying there and you're like, what's happening? Like mm-hmm. what's going on? And you're not really feeling into the moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Question in terms of like, okay, once you've gotten to that point, you've done the inner work, you've like spent some time with yourself, like self-pleasuring and you feel connected to what that looks like and how it feels. And you're feeling good about that piece. What happens if you and your partner have super different desire for styles of sex? Because like, there are so many ways of connecting sexually. And like, what if like, he or she or they are super into, you know, the quickie, like, intense like ravenous form of sex and you uh like the slow sensual Mm -hmm. like 45 minutes you know full fully embodied experience with candles everywhere you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. what if those just don't sync up like how do you I don't know show up show up for each other in that way yeah beautiful question so I personally believe that anybody is compatible and I believe that as if you're in a healthy and whatever that means for you, right? You're in a, in a consensual relationship where you're both wanting to please and pleasure the other person, right? Mm-hmm. Where I'm wanting to be pleased, but I also want my partner to be pleased that you can play with both sides. You can have more sensual sex. You can have the rough kinky sex. I mean, mm-hmm. for example, okay, we're going to go on a little ride here. Yes. Let's do so, it. Um, I work with the five erotic blueprint types, which is something that I learned from my mentor, Jaya. I got certified in them. Like love them, preach them, use them with my clients. So a little overview, the five erotic blueprints are like the five love languages, right? We all love and and die over the five love languages, Mm -hmm. but this is for your language that you speak in sex. It's how you're wired for pleasure. Mm, Okay. So it's five different types. So the first one is energetic, right? The energetics they are turned on by their pleasure comes from the anticipation and the yearning and Mm. the tease and the buildup. They are more, if you touch them too quickly, they're going to short circuit and burn out. They're like, Mm. nope, turned off. Like everything Mm. shuts down because they need that space. It's like, think of a fire and they need air to continue to grow that fire. If you throw a bucket of water on them, it's going to burn out. It's just Mm. done. Then you have, that's the energetic. Then you have the sensual. The sensual is what I am. The sensual is what I see a lot of my clients who are. This is, you're turned on by your senses. You're turned on by that touch and that taste and Mm -hmm. the sound and like the ambiance and the vibe and the relaxation and the the foreplay and like the slow and sensual side. Mm -hmm. And you, if you think of this fire, it's like you like quality wood, right? Um, Pun intended. Yes, sure. Um, You like quality wood. There's so many. uh, I love it. I'm dying. Right. And you're also all about the ambiance. If you go to a bonfire that's like super trashy and like it just smells bad and whatever, Mm -hmm. you're going to be super turned off. But if it's like this 
powerful ambiance. You're so here for it. Then you have the sexual, which is the third type. The sexual is anything we think of as sex in our culture is a sexual. So um, they're turned on by you know, cock, pussy, fucking penetration, like get it in, get it out. They're zero to 60 real quick. They're like, let's just fucking get it done. Let's do this. Like I'm here for it. They're turned on just by the idea of anything that has to do with sex in society. Then we're going to go into number four, the kinky. The kinky blueprint is all about anything that is taboo turns them on. So for some people, this could be as simple as they grew up around sex where sex was taboo. So just the thought Mm. of even having sex turns them on or even just like getting out of missionary style. They're Mm. like, okay, I'm so here for that. And like that turns them on because that's (laughs) taboo to them. Mm -hmm. This is also where you can see like the BDSM stuff come in where it's like, let's do the rope play, tie me up, blindfold me, all these different things. You know, it's a power dynamic, but Mm. the kinky isn't always BDSM. It's not always this you know, power dynamic, it really has to do with anything that is taboo to this type that turns them on. It can also be psychological, more of like the mindset turn on of like the idea of being tied up, or it can have to do with the actual sensation where it's like, okay, the ropes and like, I don't have my sight. And so now I'm turned on. So Mm -hmm. lots to play with inside of that one. There's like a bajillion different types of kinky. The fifth one is going to be the shapeshifter. The shapeshifter is really the aspects of all of those. They are kind of like the stacking where they have a really high erotic intelligence. They're really into all of it. They're here for the sensual and the energetic some days. Some days they're wanting that taboo, that kinky. Mm. Other days they're just wanting to fuck and they're wanting to go for it and they have the sexual. They can kind of have all of them interwoven. They're very masterful lovers because they can, they're basically multilingual where the other types are like, this is the language that I speak. Now, I believe that we're all shapeshifters at our core, we all came into the world as having this like erotic intelligence of like, we know what we want, we know what we desire, we own it, we show up for it. But over time, whether it's nature or nurture, sometimes you are born with more, depending on what happened in the womb, maybe you're tur- you know turned on by certain things more and you're more of these different types, but other times it's nurture. It's what you saw modeled for you or what was, you know, your, again, your story about sex growing up and that might shape who you Mm -hmm. are now as an erotic being as well. Mm -hmm. So you've got these five types. So why I brought that up is because you're saying like this rough kinky sex with this sensual, that's me and my husband. I'm the sensual, he's Mm -hmm. kinky. So learning about this and I get to work with my clients on this of like, okay, Let's figure out what this looks like. And so the first thing in that is have the conversation, right? Mm. Don't pretend like you're super into him throwing you up against a wall if you're not actually super into him throwing you up against a wall and smacking your ass so hard that you have a handprint on your butt. Consent is still a very important thing, even in marriage. Marital rape is not okay. Mm. And pretending and like suffering silently while you hate how he's doing something is not okay. And I really hope that he doesn't want that from you, Mm -hmm. right? I really would hope that... And can almost guarantee if you're in this relationship that he actually wants you to tell him when you don't like something such as when I told Joe or when he told me he doesn't like it when I bite him. And I was like, oh, but you're kinky. I thought you would like that. Yeah. And he's like, no, I fucking hate that. Don't do that. It hurts. And it's not, I'm not here for it. And yeah. his whole thing is it's, he wants to be the dom, you know? Mm. And so we play around a lot with that. So have a consent conversation of what you're okay with, what you're not, what are your hard limits? What are your negotiables? What are your non-negotiables of like, do not stick yeah. that in my ass. I am not here for that yeah. yet. Like, yeah. It's like a big X, right? Yeah. You know, like even for us, very transparently, anal is something that he's interested in. 
um, for on me, but I'm very much like, okay, I'm working up to that. Like yeah. I I'm having to do a lot of work in my own head mm. and in my own soul and in my own pussy, even of like, we don't feel safe here. Why? Yeah, why What's going that? on? What do I need yeah. to unpack? So it's having that conversation. And then I am turned on knowing that he's into certain things and I can do that. I can give him that rough sex that he wants. Mm -hmm. And it turns me on, not necessarily because that's my first choice, but because Mm -hmm. this is going to be fun and I get to please him. Mm -hmm. And I get to have some power here of knowing that I'm about to blow his fucking mind in this moment. And he's the same with me. He doesn't necessarily want the slow sensual, but he knows that slow sensual foreplay is going to make me lose it. And he's so here for that. So it's more thinking, how can I go into this to also be pleased versus just it has to be the way he wants and it's only for him and therefore I'm resenting it and I'm Mm -hmm. pissed about it. Yeah, I love, love this so hard. You were talking about all of them and I was like, I think I resonate with all of these. And then you said the shapeshifter and I was like, oh, that's me. Um, yeah, but I'll I have just, to share the quiz with you because yeah. you can take a quiz. Oh, I'm yeah. so pumped. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I'll put that in the show notes for you guys too because I feel Perfect. like that would be such a fun thing for us all to do together. But yeah, I think that, I think that like, the most important thing in all of this is that communication piece because mm. ultimately I think the reason that I've gotten to that point is because I've, you know, I've been with my husband Kev for over eight years now and we have progressed intensely throughout our sexual Mm. experience together. And I Mm. certainly was not always that way. And I think that when you have a safe container to play and when you can fully show up and say, like we have code words for when we're like, that's like, it's like a hard no or, you know, and just like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Safe things where we can like, and we fully know that like at any point, if we're, if we're not comfortable, like, and this is not a good space, like we say it and we're done. Um, and we talk about it and then we like reframe. Um, and I think that having a space where you can fully feel safe Mm. and know that playing doesn't necessarily mean that you have to suffer. (laughs) Right. If it's not, you're not into it, but it's like it's opened up right. so many doors for us in um, where we've moved in our sexual mm. you know, lives together and individually because it's like, oh, cool. Yeah, let's try this. And if we don't love it, then we won't do it again or we'll try something else and go. Well, and that's there, just so. it. That's the reason that people in long term partnerships are like, oh, we're roommates now or we're bored mm. or like, oh, my God, I have to have sex with the same person for the rest of my life. Like, It doesn't have to be that way, but you have to have these vulnerable conversations of saying, hey, let's spice things up or let's try something or let's bring some like new energy in here Mm -hmm. and play with it. Mm -hmm. And I personally think, which I'm sure you have found, that sex actually gets better the longer we're together and the more open we are and the more, you know, we're open we are with each other and, and the conversations that we have around it, even outside of the bedroom has Mm -hmm. elevated things for us that's ripple affected Mm -hmm. into our entire relationship. People that tell me that, oh, I don't need sex or, oh, it's fine, like whatever. I'm like, that's bullshit. You're telling yourself that that's okay, but sex Mm -hmm. is a beautiful thing that we were created for, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I, I also know that um, you've posted about, about this on your Instagram a couple of times and I wanted to yeah. touch on this real quick because I think it's yeah. such a really beautiful way of expressing it. But you've talked about mm-hmm. conscious monogamy, which we've mm-hmm. talked on the podcast about various, you know, if you want to check out the episode on polyamory, you can learn all about like Ooh. all sorts of different ways of, of showing up as a human. Um, and I think I'd never heard the term conscious monogamy before seeing it on your page. So I'm curious, like, what the fuck does that mean? Because most people are probably like, I don't know what this means. And second of all, like, why is it the path that you've chosen and what you feel comfortable Mm -hmm. with within your own life? 
Yeah, absolutely. So again, like zero judgment to anyone in a polyamorous relationship. Like I think it's beautiful. I am so here for you. Um, and for that, like I've been full support of people doing what feels best for them. Um, I just started to see a lot of people, especially my age, like, you know, thirties of, mm-hmm. We're just, we're bored. We're roommates. Like things are lame um, or there's really difficult work we have to do and we don't want to do it. So like, we're just going to give up or we're going to open this up. And so like anything, I believe it's the intention behind it. If you're doing it because that's a growth tool for you and your soul feels called to that, beautiful. Mm -hmm. If If it's healthy for you, I love that. I just see it as a lot as like divorce and open relationships for some people that I have seen are just the easy way out. And And that kills me for them because I believe in, like you said, conscious monogamy, which um, was a term I heard originally used by Kim Anami. She's a sex teacher and she used it. And I was like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. Mm. So conscious monogamy is all about growth. Like my relationship with Joe is a vessel for growth, not only for um, us together, but also us as individuals. We are there for each other. We support each other. We stand behind each other. Mm. We ask each other the difficult questions. We're open and honest with each other. We are, you know, on this path to knowing that our relationship together leaves a greater impact on society in a bigger, greater, grander way than we could do on our own. It's not that he completes me and I need Mm -hmm. him and I'm like forced and it's a ball and chain type energy. It's a very like we choose each other every Mm -hmm. day. We choose to go through the tough shit. And we know that we're like, we create just a greater aura of energy and um, ripple effect when we're together Mm -hmm. and we're cheering each other on and we're in support of each other. So to me, that's conscious monogamy. Um, Unconscious monogamy is the people that are simply together because it's better for the kids Mm -hmm. and they don't want to face that or they're exhausted and they're silently suffering. They're just, you know, we're roommates at this point or we're on the way to being roommates. You know, they're my best friend, but I don't love them. Um, you know, we're just very much like coexisting. Mm -hmm. Um, to me, that's very unconscious where it's like, we're married, fuck, we chose each other. We've got the vows. Like it's too much, you know, we don't want to go through a divorce or we don't want to try to get better. We're just kind of coasting through life coexisting. And I think that a lot of people, I got so many messages after that post. Um, a lot of people are in that and Mm -hmm. it breaks my heart for them. Like it absolutely does because I believe that we were created to have this like beautiful connection with other humans, whether it's one or many or whoever, but it's a, it's a ripple effect where if you're in an unconscious monogamous relationship, especially when I see people doing it just for the kids, your kids feel that Yeah, your kids absolutely feel that they're, that's what they're having modeled for them. Even if you're pretending that things are fine, Mm -hmm. energy doesn't lie. And so what needs to shift, what needs to happen for you to either shift into that conscious monogamous relationship or what is the growth that is needed here? What is the greater vision for your relationship now in this season? Like, what is it that you want? What is it that you need? And mm-hmm. it's people that are not having these tough conversations. Mm-hmm. You need to be having these conversations of, you know, I even have a client right now who her and her husband have been together for like 20 years. Like they started dating young and they got married and they've got two kids now. And I'm like, okay, what is, you had a vision when you first got together what is your vision for your relationship and your marriage now? Mm -hmm. Like, what is it in this exact moment? Who are these people? What Mm -hmm. is it that they want? And continuing to have these deep, intimate conversations so that you can create a partnership that is conscious, that is intentional, that is chosen, and that is leaving an impact that Mm -hmm. that matters, that this world needs, right? Mm. And so for me, 
Um, I have chosen that. Um, I don't necessarily have a reason why that's just truly where I feel at home. It's my soul is just like, Joe is my person. We've been through hell and back. We've written Mm -hmm. epic comeback stories. We've Mm -hmm. fought through hell and back, you know, we've had Mm -hmm. great moments as well. We've had huge celebrations and huge wins and people ask me, you know, I don't know how you do this whole military thing. I don't know how you live alone. And I'm like, I fucking chose him. And yeah, I could leave, you know, I I love him enough where if he needed to go do something else, I would love him and I would support him. And I know he would do the same for me, but we wake up every day and we choose each other on purpose because it's deeper than just like, oh, we have to because we're married. It's yeah. because we're choosing each other because we're intensely, insanely in love and we continue to grow together. We don't settle for stagnant or stuck mm. or mediocre. We're always growing individually and together, right? As, I wish you guys could um, see how me can right it be now. Exceptional? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, no- I so resonate because I feel the exact same way in my partnership. And I mm. think. I've had so many people say like, how do you guys make this work? And it's like, I, I say exactly what you say. Like I choose him every day. And I think people who say that relationships are easy. I'm like the fuck relationship are you in? Like we as humans are super fucking individually intense and nuanced and, there's no, I mean, if, if you think it's easy, it's cause you're not talking, right? Like, well, it's, yeah. And it's, and it's just that it's like relationships are our greatest spiritual assignment. Mm-hmm. Like we were bred for connection and, you know, community, mm-hmm. but then at the same time, like it's two different operating systems trying to have like the same, the same vision yeah, and it yeah. gets tricky sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes men are assholes and sometimes I'm an asshole. Yeah, and totally. A hundred percent. And owning that and just like fully showing up for each other. And yeah. also the thing you said about like not being ball and chain and like being mm-hmm. each other, not being the other person's half. Like I hate that lingo because I think ultimately like you are a whole person. Like when we first met, Kev always said like you're my other whole and it's because like we've shown up wholly with each other like from the beginning and don't let each other settle you know within the relationship and if we feel like we're getting into that roommate vibe or we're going on automatic pilot because it sh- fucking happens because we're all human Jeez, like, it totally happens. We talk yeah. about it and we, you know, we pivot and I think that that is such a beautiful like the way you describe that I'm like fuck fuck yes like that is that I think that is the work and when you are willing to fully show up and do that work with a partner like shit just gets incredibly and ample like a billion times more amazing because you can fully fully be you know honest and vulnerable with each other and have those powerful sexual experiences as a result so amazing oh my god I could talk to you about this for fucking ever (laughs) I know I feel like there's a million places we could still go (laughs) I know we're gonna have to I'm gonna have have you back because I I just love I love you I adore you I think what you're doing Mm -hmm. in this world is so so impactful and huge and Mm -hmm. you guys if you're feeling stuck in your sexual world like hit Olivia up like please she has so many incredible offers like just like Mm -hmm. dig the fuck in because like this work is so incredibly important. It's like what I preach about focusing on your health and wellness. It's like, Mm -hmm. you have to put yourself first in all facets in order to show up in the world in the way that you want to. And this is just another piece of that. So, okay. Before we hop off, are you ready for some fun, fast questions? (gasps) Please. This will be so fun. Yes. Okay. All right. Here we go. What makes you laugh the hardest? Makes me laugh the hardest. Oh dear. Oh my God. I'm so bad at fast questions. I feel so much. <laughs> um, honestly, my husband makes me laugh a lot, but I also love like the show new girl is one of my favorites. <gasps> Bust a gut laughing. Oh, it's so good. 
I am also obsessed. I think it's on Netflix too right now with like extra. Oh, it totally is. I think I've seen it all like eight times. I just (laughs) it's such a good background show. Like Nick Miller is like one of my favorite humans. Oh, hundred percent. I do too. Okay, what is the first thing you notice about a person? First thing I notice about a person, their hair. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because I'm a previous hairstylist. I you have that great hair, by the way. You've got a great side swoop. Happening. Oh, thank you. It has not been cut in a very long time. That looks so good. <laughs> thank you. Um, okay. Uh, what three habits will improve your life if you commit to what them? What three habits will improve your life? Number one, more and better sex, both with yourself and with a partner. Number two, three habits will better your life. Um, fuck the rules. Mm. Sure. Create your own rituals and morning routines and nighttime routines and business strategies and all the things like fuck the rules, do what feels good for you. Mm-hmm. Number three, trust yourself above all else. Tune in, tap in, trust your intuition, trust what's coming through you, trust your own information. Even if you have mentors, even if you have other people, beautiful. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're the only one that knows your own blueprint. Amazing. Oh, I love it. Okay. And last question. What does it mean to you to live a fuck yes life? Oh God. What does it mean to me to live a fuck yes life? You're doing awesome. It means <laughs> type A. Like I was like the straight A student, so I'm like hot. I'm like, okay. What does it mean to live a fuck yes life? Okay, living a fuck yes life to me means that really you're only doing the things that are a full fucking yes for you. So if something, anything in your body, when someone asks you for something or you get an opportunity, or you have an idea, or someone says something, or whatever it might be that comes in to your life and to your peripherals, if it's not like a full body yes, Mm -hmm. then it's a hell fucking no. Love that. Oh, you are so fucking incredible. Um, Where can all of the audience connect with you online um, and get into your interweb space and beyond? Podience. I like that. Um, I am at oliviaceline.com. Uh, that's where everything's housed. All my social medias, Instagram's Olivia Celine, Facebook's Olivia Celine. Um, my podcast is on there, Soul in the Raw. Um, I also have my coaching on there and different freebies, lots of fun freebies on there too to download right away. So oliviaceline.com. Amazing. I'll link all that in the show notes for you guys. Thank you so much for coming on and dishing on all the goods. I appreciate you so hard. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun and I'm excited for part two. And there you have it. Thank you, Olivia, so much for coming on the podcast and for all of the things we talked about in today's episode, because there was a shit ton. Make sure you head over um, to the show notes at www.amandacatherineloy.com forward slash podcast forward slash 56. Or if you're on your phone, you can always just swipe and get access to the link. Super fucking simple that way, too. And as always, this episode, you guys, like if you are a woman or anyone who identifies as a woman, please fucking share this with your friends, your circle, your book club, your Bible study. I don't fucking care. Um, But spread the word about this because this is such an important topic and one that I want us to destigmatize so fucking hardcore. And the only way to do that is by popping this into people's inboxes, texts, tag them on Instagram, whatever the fuck. Um, but get this in their earbuds so that they can start having that conversation. And maybe it will open up a whole new level of your friendship by being able to actually talk about this kind of stuff. So, 
Oh, I digress. I love you guys to the moon. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let me know on the social. Tag me at Amanda Catherine Loy. Tag Olivia. Um, and let us know what your favorite takeaways were. Um, and of course, as always, you know, you can always share as well in the Live Your Fuck Yes Life community. I will see you guys over there on Facebook and in the ether. And until next week, I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>